to Fat Guy, Jack Guy. I'm Steph Rubino. And I'm Brendan Walsh. And today we're going to get gay. But before we do, we have a little message for you. Please consider becoming a patron of Fat Guy Jacked Guy by going to patreon.com backslash fatguyjackguy. For as little as $3 a month, you can get all kinds of great bonus content, and also you'll help us become full-time grifters, so do it. Enjoy the show. Fat Guy Jack Guy Two wacky goofballs talking about stuff Fat Guy Well, brother, today we're addressing one of the biggest scandals of the year 2003. I can't think of anything more destructive than this Scandalous. that happened in 2003. No, you know, war crimes or atrocities Absolutely not. that could trump <laughs> Absolutely not. this. Well, in 2003, we didn't know the Iraq war was a scandal. That's yet. true. It was just a good old-fashioned killing. <laughs> Just murders of people. Yeah. Well, we knew, but like nobody else knew. But this was a scandal. And folks, I'm talking about the Madonna, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera kisses at the 2003 Video Music Awards Yep. run by MTV. This is what set about the downfall of America. It truly is. Actually, some people do think it, it did. You can't have three babes kissing. No, you can't have three babes kissing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just bad. It's too many babes kissing. <laughs> All right, let's just situate ourselves here. It's August 2003, and sophomore year of high school just started a week ago. I know that you guys up north, you don't start until September. Yeah. But we start in August here in Florida. Crazy. Summer's technically over, and you're miserable about it, but at least you get to see some of your friends every day. The minute y'all get back together again at lunch, you start plotting. The MTV Video Music Awards are airing that week, and you need to figure out whose house you'll all be gathering at to watch them together. Some of your favorite musicians of the time, Missy Elliott, No Doubt, Radiohead, Ludacris, and Beyonce, are all slated to be nominated for big awards, and they're supposed to be big performances by Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, Sean Paul, (laughs) and Coldplay. As if that wasn't enough, Chris Rock is hosting. Oh my gosh. We absolutely couldn't miss it. Everyone, truly, everyone will be talking about this the Friday after it airs. Because back then, whatever was going on on MTV comprised a significant portion of our everyday conversations. Isn't that wild? I know. It was so simple. That doesn't happen anymore. Now we're old. Yeah. Remember, to everybody out there, because I know my brother will remember... This is before the death of the music video, before streaming, before reality TV truly blew up, before social media. MTV was pumping out a ton of what we thought was great content, unlike now, where they more or less play reruns of Ridiculousness and Catfish 24 hours a day. (laughs) Nothing against Catfish, love Catfish, but come on. In the aughts, I would argue that MTV was as hot as TikTok is considered now, but was ultimately much less dangerous. There are no conspiracy theories on uh, MTV. Yeah, no, you're just... And you have to get a TV to watch it. That too. It's not in your hand. It's not in your hand. It's not on any device, right? You had to have a TV in your home. We tried to get home as quickly as possible from school to watch Total Request Live in the hopes that our favorite videos made it onto the countdown, even though, for me, they rarely did. In the evening and on the weekends, we'd stare in disbelief as celebrities flaunted their insane wealth and terrible taste in interior design on MTV Cribs. Oh, what a time. God, that was a great show. Great show. <laughs> <laughs> this is where the magic happens. <laughs> yeah, Everyone said it! We laugh at and with the jackass crew as they did incredibly dangerous stunts just for our amusement. We'd sit awkwardly watching Room Raiders, thinking about how horrifying it would be to have people we thought were hot come search our rooms. <laughs> True life and the real world gave us a false sense of how people who were not us lived. Say what karaoke mostly made us laugh, but it also reminded us of the importance of having a sense of humor about yourself. 
and road rules turned us all into little gamblers, constantly trying to figure out which cast member was most likely to win at the end. Back then, it felt cool to watch MTV, and it felt grown up to talk about it, even though it really wasn't. Brother, <laughs> you didn't mention Pimp My Ride. That was after 2003. No way. Yeah. When did, did Pimp My Ride 2004. happen? I remember, the, oh, I, remember, oh, oh. I remember where I was <laughs> when I saw it the was, inaugural episode of Pimp My Ride. Pimp My Ride was my 9-11. <laughs> my personal 9-11. X to the Z. <laughs> the VMAs were just another important part of that equation. It connected us, it gave us something to talk about, and it gave us an opportunity to celebrate something gaudy and absurd. And as I pointed out, 2003 was a huge year for pop music huge. The second half of 2002 and the first half of 2003, which is what the MTV VMAs were based on, saw the releases of the following albums along with tons of visually inventive music videos to accompany them, or sometimes not. They weren't always visually inventive. That's why not everybody got nominated. It's true. But sometimes they really were. So here's a a list. It's very long, but I'm going to go through it anyway because I think people need to understand Exactly how much stuff came out that year. Missy Elliott's Under Construction, Nora Jones' Come Away With Me, Great. Vanessa Carlton's Be Not Nobody, which, t- terrible title. I don't think I ever realized that it was Not called that. Not a good that. title, but great stuff. Of course, as we talked about last episode, 50 Cent's Get Rich or Die Trying, Eminem's The Eminem Show and The 8 Mile Soundtrack, Oof. both came out 2002, 2003. Justin Timberlake's Justified, Madonna's American Life, the Dixie Chicks, who are just now called The Chicks, because they mm-hmm. nix the Dixie. <laughs> Their album Home came out. Cheryl Crow's Come On, Come On. John Mayer's Room for Squares. Beyonce's Dangerously in Love. Christina Aguilera's Stripped. Avril Lavigne's Let Go. <laughs> J-Lo's This Is Me Then. Coldplay's A Rush of Blood to the Head. B2K's Pandemonium. Bowling for Soup's Drunk Enough to Dance. Beck's Sea Change. Faith no. Hill's Cry. India Ari's Voyage to India, one of my personal favorites of the period, The Donna's Spend the Night, Good Charlotte's The Young and the Hopeless, White Stripes Elephant, Kelly Clarkson's Thankful, Evanescence's Fallen, Sean Paul's Dutty Rock, Eve's Evolution, Cameron's Come Home With Me, also a favorite, still a favorite, Ashanti's Chapter 2, and I'm sorry to everybody that I have to mention this, but it did come out in this period, R. Kelly's Chocolate Factory. And a significant and it, album. And it dominated the aughts. Yeah. So, you know, very, very important to mention it. Nelly's Nellyville. Nas's God's Son. Buster Rhymes' It Ain't Safe No More. Maya's Mood Ring. Queens of the Stone Age's Songs for the Deaf. Radiohead's Hail to the Thief. And Some 41's Does This Look Infected. And that's not even all of them. Wow. That's a that's a big time list. That's a huge list. And that's just pop music. That's just pop music. And that's not to mention the various singles that came out that year and blasted the charts away. Jay-Z and Beyonce's 03 Bonnie and Clyde. Mm. Snoop Dogg and Pharrell's Beautiful, which I still listen to to this day. Common and Mary J. Blige's Come Close. Britney Spears and Pharrell's Boys from the Austin Powers and Goldmember soundtrack. Uh. Erica Badu's Love of My Life from the Browns to Sugar soundtrack. And another one of my favorites of the period, Aaliyah's Miss You, which was featured on the posthumous compilation album, I Care For You, that Universal Records released the year after her death. Hmm. Lots of stuff. It was a big year for music. Big year. Big year for music. And music that is still referenced now, right now, today in 2023. Many of these albums and videos do not stand the test of time, I'll admit. But in 2003, the songs on these albums and these singles were all you heard anywhere. It was just hit after hit after hit. And you didn't have much of a choice of what you were exposed to back then. Music piracy was really still in its infancy in terms of who had access to it and what we had access to. YouTube wasn't invented yet, and the internet was just not that great all around. So for most people, their tastes were made by their elders, or in my case, sometimes just their friends' older siblings. Channels like MTV, MTV2, VH1, or BET, the radio or whatever the guy at the CD store was trying to hawk to you when you asked for something that they didn't have. I'm not saying this on some like nostalgic tip because I actually prefer the access we have to different kinds of media now, but there was a collectivity in the experience of music and pop culture that just doesn't exist now. As you pointed out in the 50 Cent episode, 
our experience of pop culture now is very fractured. So we don't have that same connection to various things yeah. that we used to. Yeah, I mean, you can curate your entire sense of taste based on algorithms and right. algorithmic suggestions as opposed right. to like a fucking guy right. or you're just at uh, <laughs> a fucking what was guy? HMV was the name of our CD store oh, in nice. Connecticut and I would just you go in there and you just like see a picture of a thing and then you have and the like, headphones let's, go. Like, yeah. let's listen to it yeah that was like a way you might discover something that you really like yeah or just the radio or MTV yeah or we had CD warehouse and Sam Goody ah Sam, yeah, Sam Goody. Goody yeah the VMAs, in my opinion, were kind of a showcase of all this. So when my friends and I all got together on that Thursday night to watch the VMAs, we expected the usual antics. Of course, this wasn't our first time watching the show, so we knew there would be some foolish shit happening at some point, but we weren't sure what. And honestly, in 2003, I don't think anyone could have fully prepared us for what did and for what happened afterwards. I don't know why or how, but I remember this like yesterday. So I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to narrate for you exactly what happened All right. in the main show at the MTV VMAs in 2003. The big kiss. The main show began with a performance by Madonna of Like a Virgin. Everybody knows this song. There were flower girls walking around the stage throwing petals on the ground. And then Madonna emerged from a giant wedding cake wearing a wedding dress. The performance was very similar to her original performance of the song on the 1984 VMAs and was for sure meant to stoke the memories of the people who were old enough to remember it. As the song finishes, she climbs back up the cake, disappears inside of it again, and comes out wearing a tuxedo and a top hat. All right, she's the groom now. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) At the bottom of the cake, two brides are waiting for her. And as she descended the cake again, they ripped off their veils to reveal that they are Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. Oh, man. Oh, man. We were like, what's going to happen now? At this point, the three of them begin performing Madonna's single, Hollywood, together. They're singing, they're dancing. Madonna even had like a little salsa moment with each of them, which I don't know how that goes with the song, but it happened. <laughs> and just as the song is about to end, and they're about to bring Missy Elliott out to perform her song, Work It... Madonna removes the garter belts both Britney and Christina are wearing, and then she open mouth kisses Britney Spears. Whoa. Open mouth. But not make out. They just open mouth Yeah, they kissed. just open their mouth and smash them together. Like, truly. Like, yeah. that's kind of how it is. It wasn't, like, it wasn't, like, the sexiest thing. Like, revisiting it is weird because it's, like, not that sexy, but we all thought it was sexy. Yeah. Immediately, the camera scans directly to Justin Timberlake, who, whether he actually was or not, Looked a little bothered by the whole thing. <laughs> and when the camera comes back around to the stage, Madonna and Christina are just finishing up their own kiss. Then, Missy Elliott comes on to perform Work It, as if nothing out of the ordinary had just happened. Hmm. Which, for them, nothing out of the ordinary was happening, because they had rehearsed that, I'm yeah. sure. Brother, I don't think I need to tell you that my friends and I were fucking transfixed. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> We were hyped. Two women kissing on national television. Actually, three women kissing on national television. It was a big fucking deal to us. When the performance was over, we all jumped up to give them our own six-person living room standing ovation. (laughs) (laughs) I remember this so clearly. It felt so good to us to to see three of the most famous women in the world doing something sexual together in a public forum. (laughs) (laughs) It would feel good now, too. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it would. Yeah, yeah, totally. It still does feel good. I don't know. We'll talk about that in a minute. As imperfect and ultimately extremely heterosexual as as a representation was, it brought us a lot of joy. And even though I can't speak for all of my friends here, I think it gave us all a little more confidence than we already had. For a moment... Didn't feel so scary to be a bunch of gay teenagers out in a world that was constantly and very publicly, without any reservation or restraint, questioning our right to exist. But, as you can probably imagine, and I'm sure maybe you experienced this in your own high school, (laughs) the rest of the people around this didn't exactly react that way. Mm -hmm. The next day at school, that kiss was mostly all people talked about, and they didn't celebrate it in the same way we did. Mostly... They said Britney only did it to get back adjusted <laughs> <laughs> after their breakup and his, re- and his release of what remains one of the ultimate pop breakup albums of all time. 
Others just thought it was gross because Madonna was quote unquote old. Oh, gross. Just for reference, she was only 44 at the time. Oh, disgusting. (laughs) She was only 44, but you know how teenagers are. (laughs) And some others just thought it wasn't right to show that on TV. <laughs> Conservative teenager, like it's so funny. When Why would you Catholic kids. school? Don't don't forget. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. just like funny that these kids exist. It's oh, like yeah. they just hear what their dad says. And yeah, they're like I'm bringing that. Well, they may have watched it with their parents, yeah. and their da- their parents were like, "Oh my god, that's mm. disgusting." I don't think they should be showing this. <laughs> it's like so weird. Like MTV <laughs> should not be showing this on television. Okay, a very small percentage of the people I knew directly just thought it was cool. Obviously, I understand now the appeal and the reasoning behind pop stars doing something like this on national television. But at the time, I was kind of bummed out that people weren't that excited about it. It looked to me at that moment like maybe being gay was going mainstream in a way. (laughs) And although I certainly have mixed feelings about the concept and possibility of that now, it was a a relief to believe that even for a second. So that's part one, a little preamble for you. Great preamble. (laughs) Really excited for what's to come next. <laughs> no, it is funny because I, this is not a foundational moment for like my. Oh, yeah, no, no not at all for you, yeah. And it's interesting because I, like, I guess I remember the vibes of this period, but I was not queer adjacent at that yeah, moment. Yeah, you were at not, all. yeah. So I'm sure if I had a reaction, it was probably like a gut, like, I don't care, whatever, that kind of reaction. <laughs> You know, like if let people, the ladies yeah, kiss. Like people wanted to talk with me about it, I'd be like, I don't care. Shut up. <laughs> that sort of thing. But I'm, you know, I'm happy that it gave you such joy. It did. I was very excited about it. I mean, it sounds great. It, I, it's a, it was a beautiful moment. We should do it again because <laughs> it's just fun to see conservatives react to it. <laughs> oh, we're gonna get to that too. Oh, I got my, my favorite thing in the I world. I got great stuff on that. What a bunch of losers. All right. <laughs> Part two is called, I won't lie, it sucked to be an F word in 2003. Oh, you didn't go for that. I didn't go for the I do later, though, don't worry. I I dropped the full F later, don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to go too much, you know. I had to to pull back somewhere. (laughs) Can't use all all my queer privilege at once. I can only use my queer queer privilege in, like, little pieces, you know? That's true. I don't intend for this part to be very long because I have addressed it on other episodes of this podcast and also, brother, you have addressed it a couple of times, but I do think we just need to reacquaint ourselves with the period. You'll remember that same-sex marriage was the hot topic among not just the political elite, but also just every other person in the country. As I said in previous episodes, people brought up their beliefs on this topic with very little tact and very little care about who was listening. It was just something to muse about. Are gay people actually like us? (laughs) What does it mean if gay people can get married also? If we let gay people get married, won't people try to marry their dogs now too? (laughs) (laughs) Never gets old that one. Classic line. Classic. (laughs) Yes, they will. Yes, they will. (laughs) And also like, who gives a shit? Why do you care? Anyway. It also didn't help much that HBO was playing the Laramie Project, which was you know, about Matthew Shepard's death mm-hmm. and Boys Don't Cry, which was about Brandon Tina's death and what seemed like an endless loop for much of 2002 and 2003. Basically, being queer meant you were going to die. Yeah, they actually performed the Laramie Project at my high school probably in 2002, like right wow. before I got there. And it was like a big thing. Like people protested. Like it of was... Of course. Yeah. It is remarkable to imagine <laughs> that like... This that anyone like, gave a shit. Like a, yeah, yeah, like a little town. And they in still give a shit. Like, where are these people coming from? I, w- I will say that at least now that would certainly be like such a mundane thing. Oh like, yeah, to show totally. the Laramie Pride, people would be like, whatever. But in that time period, that was enough to get yeah, that was enough to get the Westboro Baptist, Baptist Church yeah. out to you. Oh, you're showing a fucking play yeah. about how a gay guy got beaten to death. Like you can't no. That'll make everyone want to be gay? Like, what? <laughs> that's, the, yeah. that's the thing that's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's like, when I first watched Larry Me Project, I was like, I'm going to fucking die. Yeah, it was I have to not talk about this. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it wasn't, it didn't give me any confidence. Let me just say. <laughs> it didn't make you want to go to Wyoming and be me, gay? It didn't make me want to do anything. Made me want to crawl under a rock. Anyways, you might be thinking... 
that this seems tame considering where we're at in our society right now with the far right constantly attacking queer and trans people and all this legislation that's going going through to limit the rights trans people have to their bodies. And I agree with you, it is tame in a sense. Also, my thoughts on marriage have changed a lot since I was a little gay teen trying to figure out how to be a gay adult when everything <laughs> seems so bleak. I don't think marriage is a very important thing anymore. I don't think it says anything about my humanity to have the right to it or not. However, I will also say this. In 2003, this issue wasn't a one-sided battle by the far right to deny queer people these rights. It was a multi-sided battle involving any person from any party with any political leanings. Mostly everyone we knew was a little bit homophobic in 2003, or a lot of it, even if they thought they weren't. And we didn't have any cultural capital or access to a forum as large as the social media technology that we have now to call them out on it. We were mired in anti-queerness every single day in a way that wasn't as compartmentalizable as it is now. It was a lot to hold at 15 years old. It's with that context that my friends and I watched three of the most famous women in the world kiss on national television in front of a live audience. And it's with that context that people discussed the kiss. The people who mocked it or who were disgusted by it felt entitled to think it was stupid or disgusting. And the feelings they had were backed by our cultural zeitgeist of the time. Mm -hmm. Which is different now. Our cultural zeitgeist is not leaning towards homophobia anymore. So even though all these all this bad shit is happening right now, it's not it's just not the same. Yeah, I think it's very different for niche groups and I'm the far right is like not niche, but no, it is a smaller yeah, it's a smaller group, yeah. Smaller group than literally everyone. <laughs> like it and was yet, everybody. We let them have so much power. Yeah. That's a whole other episode, but and it will be because yeah. we're going to talk about that, but It was it was everybody like on board all the, you know, Barack Obama lovers. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, he Barack was, Obama himself. Yeah. Not pro-gay yeah. marriage. Yeah. Like, Al Gore, not. They're just like... Bill Clinton, not. Hey, you know what? I accept that gay people exist. That's... They are real. <laughs> they can live. <laughs> <laughs> that was truly the attitude. Yeah. Most people, liberal, conservative, that was truly the attitude. Yeah. Gay people like, How are we going to handle all this dog paperwork once everyone <laughs> You know, like dogs aren't even literate, dogs and now they're going to be married. Sign papers. <laughs> what was I going to? You dip its paw in ink and put it on the marriage. Which, yeah, I guess you could actually yeah. <laughs> figure it out. I'm not opposed to gay marriage. I just don't know what we're going to do all these dog marriages, which is the next logical step, right? <laughs> it's a slippery slope, folks. <laughs> this is really up your yeah. It's fucking crazy. All right, it's fucking crazy. Part three, people discussing the kiss. I have to say, for as terrible as it always is, a lot of the media was receptive to the kiss, though they did, of course, discuss it in a weird-ass way. So I have a bunch of quotes. Ah, uh, yes. yes. Let's go. I know you love this. So <laughs> I love it. I specifically did this for you. <laughs> Our listeners. Okay. But you, yes. In an article for Slate, Virginia Heffernan wrote, the small thrill of this kiss was real to me because though girls making out with girls is an old party stunt, this time it came off as female lechery, over-muscled, rich, landed, <laughs> matriarch Madonna, entails no less, preying on Sweetie Spears, who, in wedding white, hasn't even had a first marriage yet. Hollywood Madonna cooed as she brushed her as she brushed hair tenderly from Britney's face. How could it hurt you when it looks so good? That's a line from Hollywood, just so everybody knows. I expect we'll see this wise woman slash callow girl romance around more now. Wow. <laughs> I guess, yeah, she did make some good predictions regarding where lesbian tinted media would go from there. But lechery is a little much for a moment that was assiduously designed to simply cause controversy and make people talk about it. <laughs> lechery. They make it seem like it wasn't rehearsed. I know. Yeah, it's like it Madonna. Was, they planned it. I'm going to take what's mine now. <laughs> they planned it. That's insane. Insane. Oh, I love that. I know. It's so good. A New York Post article written by Bill Hoffman donned the headline, 
Madonna's two kinky kisses smooches with Britney and Christina. Okay. Which is like, <laughs> that was the headline for the article that was about the entire VMAs. Yeah. So nothing to, that is related to the VMAs at all except that for that event. So unless you post. knew what happened, you know, you wouldn't know that that article was about the entire VMAs. It began with this absolute banger of a quote. The MTV Video Music Awards turned into a red-hot, all-girl smooch fest last <laughs> night as Madonna, Britney Spears, and Christina Aguilera performed a raunchy, bump-and-grind dance routine that ended in explicit open-mouth kisses. Oh, my God. Now, That's brother, hot. <laughs> that line is so good. Now, brother, you heard me describe the scene of this moment, so you know it was not anywhere near as graphic as this description implies. They didn't bump and grind, and it certainly wasn't a smooch fest. <laughs> so this is just sensational as hell. I mean, I love it, of course, and I wish it actually happened this way. That would have been a lot hotter, but you know... Because it's three women sharing kisses, it's immediately over-sexualized into something it just wasn't. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound, by your description, <laughs> no. as though it were even really sexual. It, it, looking back, it isn't, because I just know better now. Yeah. But as a teenager, yes, it was very sexual. Yeah, it's funny how it's like the first thing that both of these uh, articles are about is sex. Right, but there Madonna was no... Madonna is lecherous. yeah. But there was no real, like, electricity there. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? dirty lesbian porn up there on stage. (laughs) If they did, (laughs) I would have been a lot more excited. Way more excited. (laughs) A Rolling Stone article by Austin Skaggs and Rob Sheffield, unfortunately, because I actually love Rob, called called MTV Awards Fail to Suck, began with the sentence... When the annual MTV Glitz Fest of the Video Music Awards begins with Britney slipping Madonna some Louisiana tongue, you can <laughs> feel certain that your night in front of the TV is going to be quality time. Wow. Slipping that Louisiana tongue. A little bit of that Louisiana tongue. <laughs> Just a little bit of that Louisiana tongue. Wow. That's hot. That's good stuff. Man, these people were a lot more excited about it than me, even. These guys were jacking off. They were jacking off, dude. <laughs> Of course, in the week that followed, there was also a lot of reporting on it, too. Here's a little tidbit in an article from People about how Britney felt about the kiss afterwards. Britney says, I didn't know it was going to be that long and everything. She said the gesture grew out of rehearsals and that Madonna suggested they just feel it out and see what happens during the show. Mm. Britney said, I've never kissed a woman before. Spears said this in a, de- in a manner CNN.com described as demure. <laughs> and would she do it again? No, I would not do it. She reportedly squealed before adding, maybe with Madonna. <laughs> Asked whether the nationally televised kiss might have tarnished her once squeaky clean mouseketeer image, Spears replied, I think I'm still clean living. I mean, I don't go home and have orgies or anything like that. Mm. She said... Thursday's kiss was simply a way of performing and expressing herself. Yeah. All right. Okay. Nice. I like, I guess. once again, this idea that kissing a woman <laughs> It is... means you're going home <laughs> and fucking everything in sight. It's, like, it's so different than kissing a man <laughs> that, like, you're going to just become this crazy sex you're gonna maniac. You're going to be a sex maniac. Everyone's going to be jacked off. <laughs> <laughs> to you, and you're gonna be jacking off to them. It's, just, it's crazy. Once you start the chain, no <laughs> one can stop, stop jacking off. Yeah, you it's can't just... stop it. You can't stop it. It's a slippery slope, That's like we said. That's what we've been jacking off since 2003. <laughs> the entire country. 20 years. <laughs> Other media outlets were both positive and pretty normal about it. Sal Sinkamani, which I hope I'm pronouncing his name oh, correctly. Sal, Sal Sinkamani. Hey, wrote in Slant Magazine. Madonna rarely shares the stage with other stars, and for it to be Britney and Christina, who have been compared to and who cite Madonna as a primary influence, was nothing short of surreal. Add to that an appearance by Madonna's new gap pal, Missy Elliott, who has been pegged as one of the greatest video artists since the material girl herself, and you've got a PR coup of diva proportions. It raises the question, who thought this shit up? Nice. Which, good question, Sal. It's great. It's a good question. And perhaps my favorite analysis of the night comes from Entertainment Weekly in an article by Brian Hyatt. 
he ranked the best and worst moments of the VMAs that year, and he ranked the kiss as obviously one of the best. He said, the close-up of the 45-year-old Madonna locking lips with the 21-year-old Spears was an indelible MTV moment, sexy, vaguely transgressive, and as meaningless as it was entertaining. Hmm. Okay. I like that part because it's just the truth. Yeah, that's exactly where it does lie. Yeah. That's, that's what it, it is, that's right? That's it. Yeah. That's it. Vaguely transgressive. <laughs> Vaguely I like trans- that. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Of course, not everyone was excited about the kiss. The same people on the far right who were on the forefront of the culture wars now were on the forefront back then, too. But it was just a lot easier to ignore them, mostly because social media wasn't around and they hadn't fully infiltrated the government in the way they have now. As an aside, I really struggle to call these headquarters for freaks churches because Jesus, who we all know was gay, mm-hmm. wouldn't have called these places churches. But anyways, an evangelical organization slash church called Good Fight Ministries. All right. You guys aren't Christian, all right? They're not. Was pretty vocal in their disapproval of the kiss, releasing a statement that said, MTV is leading millions of impressionable youth down the grease pole to hell. <laughs> the grease pole? <laughs> yeah. And that Satan is using a legion of demonic beings to promote musical terrorism. The post on their website went on to say that God's word warns that homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God, but will be sentenced to the lake of fire. Hmm. Fire Island? Yeah, I hope so. God, that'd be <laughs> beautiful. We've already been sentenced there. <laughs> We've already been yeah. Fire Island's actually just hell. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty, it's it's pretty sick. That's nothing unusual or out of the ordinary, but it is pretty funny. And it actually gets funnier because Good Fight Ministries was founded by this guy, Joe Schimmel. And I just feel like everyone needs to hear this snippet from Joe's bio. Hmm, Can't wait. Since 1987, Pastor Joe Schimmel has been equipping Christians with the truth of God's word. His testimony of the transforming power of Jesus Christ, transforming power Mm -hmm. of Jesus Christ, in his own life can be seen in his powerful expose, They sold their souls for rock and roll. This presentation has been heard during live presentations at churches around the world in which he describes his own deliverance from the bondage and satanic influence of rock music at the age of 18. This calling and love for the Lord led Joe to start Good Fight Ministries in 1987 with the mission to reach a lost and dying world with the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Hmm. As head of Good Fight Ministries and senior pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, since 1990, Joe's life and work and ministry are dedicated to carrying out the Great Commission of Jesus Christ. Joe's gay. Joe's gay. Yeah. Yeah. Joe's gay and he wants to be a rock star. And I I understand. He was a failed rock star. I get it. You know, you fail at something, you're like, okay, I gotta do something else. What's another scam? That's fair. Pastor. Grifter sees grifter. Yeah. Another part of Joe's bio went on to point out that he also made a film called Marvel and DC's War on God. Oh, no. That, I can't say I don't support. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We're very Not because it's right or true, but because I'm tired of the superhero shit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Obviously, the evangelicals weren't down with it, but you know who else wasn't? I think you're going to be surprised by this. Uh, Maybe you won't be. I don't know. Republicans? <laughs> no, they're, they're part of that group. Yeah, yeah? That's true, that's true. Mrs. Beyonce Giselle Knowles no. Carter. Beyonce oh, Beyonce was yeah. mad about it? Uh-uh. Well, not mad about it, but when she was questioned about it, she said some weird things. Oh, interesting. Okay. Listen up, folks. I'm not here to slander Beyonce's name. <laughs> I'm here because this shit is funny, and also it speaks so well to what I was explaining before about everyone being a little homophobic during this period. I feel like I need to say this because people confuse just reporting on something with actual criticism. I don't give a shit if Beyonce was homophobic then or now, to be honest. She said some funny shit, and I just need to report on it right now. All right. So for some reason, The Sun, which is a British publication, some people might be aware of it, interviewed Beyonce about The Kiss. And she told them she couldn't do what Britney, Christina, and Madonna did because it's against God. What? And said, I have standards. There are things I will not do. The interviewer then asked her how God feels about her dancing and dressing provocatively. She responded, it's entertainment. And I believe God is okay with that. (laughs) I honestly believe he wants people to celebrate their bodies as long as you don't compromise your Christianity in the process. Hmm. If I... Had a Hall of Fame for the most aughts quotes of all time. 
<laughs> I think this would be in the top yeah, 10. That's so crazy. It's so insane. Yeah. It's celebrate so your insane. body, like, but don't celebrate it with another don't, lady. Yeah, kissing. Like kissing. You can't kiss another lady. Isn't that's not a celebration? Isn't kissing a celebration of the body? I guess it's not. It's a celebration of two bodies that God that made. That God right? made, and it's beautiful. And so is jacking <laughs> off. <laughs> You're so right. I you can't. Know? I wow. can't agree with you more. I wonder what she would say about that quote. Somebody now. should bring it back up to her. I'm not going to be the person that does no, that. No, no, but no, no. you don't want to be hurt. I was, and just so that, <laughs> just so that it's just yeah, for sure. Someone would hurt. Somebody you. would come and beat my ass. <laughs> I'm just, just so that we're clear. I have looked for other celebrity reactions, and this is the only negative one that I could Interesting. find. Interesting. And maybe that. There are other negative reactions out there, but they're just not on the internet anymore. Mm-hmm. But this is the only one that I can find that was on the internet. This is like so, a really young Beyonce, too, right? Yeah, it's Dangerously in Love. It's 2003. Yeah, she was like... She's like early 20s. 20, early, very early 20s. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, who knows what, like, the idea, like, the trajectory was supposed to be for her. Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, a lot of people were assholes in their very early 20s, so yeah. it's, like, not surprising. That's why I said I don't give a shit if she was or if she is now. I don't yeah. care. Does it really matter? To, is I, it hurting me? No. I, if you go back and quote me, 14-year-old, that's exactly what I said, actually. I said the exact <laughs> I really doubt it. You're probably like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> no, <I'm> like, <laughs> You're probably like, I'm not gay, so I don't give a shit. <laughs> celebrate. Listen, I like to celebrate my body. But not with another guy. <laughs> not with another dude. That's gay. <laughs> <laughs> or with a woman at that point. <laughs> also... According to that slant article I mentioned before, publications were getting heat for just covering the event and the kiss itself. Sinkamani wrote, The Atlanta Journal-Constitution apologized to its readers for printing a thumbnail-sized image of Madonna kissing Britney on their front page after a slew of complaints. The newspaper compared the mistake to the paper's printing of violent images from the war in Iraq several months ago. I was just about to say that. I was just about to say, oh yeah, but print those like dead Iraqi yeah. kids. Like, that's fine, yeah. but like, they please. They compared the mistake. Please, please do not yeah. show me two babes yeah. kissing. Yeah, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. That's bad. Yep, yeah. that's bad. Wow, that's really fucking yeah. funny. One last thing, because it just happened last week. J-Lo told reporters that she was actually supposed to be in Christina Aguilera's spot in the performance. Oh my gosh. She said, last week, January 17th. No fucking way. I was filming a movie in Canada and we had met, me, her, and Brittany, I'm guessing her is Madonna, to do it at her home. So Madonna's home. And then I just couldn't get off the film. And so we couldn't do it. Later in the interview, she seemed hyped about the possibility of it happening and sad that it didn't. So... I've always said I think J-Lo is a friend of the queers, and I think this kind of confirms it. Yeah. Because she was seemed pretty hyped about it. Oh, my God. Yeah. That would have been great. That would have been... I think that would have been bigger, hotter. honestly. Yeah, it would have been hotter. <laughs> I think J-Lo was, like, if, more famous but at also, that time. But also, I think, like, I would have been more... Ang- I would have been a lot angrier if they panted Justin while it was J-Lo's yeah, well, it was turn. True. Yeah, that's true. That's you the know? Thing. That would have fucking made me upset. Yeah, like, ultimately, you know? who gives a shit? Like, I know, it sucks. It's not okay, but... She did it, but mostly people in the audience saw it. Yeah, you know? like, in the late 90s, I did think Christina Aguilera yeah. was hotter. Yeah. But, like, Britney Spears is but by two thousand famous. By 2003, I was, like, definitely thought J-Lo was, like, yeah, way hotter J-Lo. than both of them, actually. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Part four. Here we go. What's culturally relevant about this? Maybe some of our listeners are going to be surprised when I say this, but I actually think this is more culturally relevant now than it was at the time. Of course, at the time, it was important. And the star powers of Madonna, Britney Spears, and Christina Aguilera were much more intense then. But to me, this is directly connected to a much larger shift in pop culture that has happened in the years since and directly relates to a conversation that queers seem to be having all the time now. You're probably familiar with some of this conversation, at least. Mm -hmm. Women attempting to use same-sex attraction as a way to excite or enrage or even amuse men was happening in the early aughts. I mean, personally, (laughs) I can't tell you how many supposed straight girls I made out with in high school and how many of them made out with each other. But we weren't talking about it. It was just a thing we knew was occurring, and honestly, it wasn't something that ever bothered me very much. This is going to sound gross, but it's how I felt at the time. Technically, I benefited from it. When I first came out, having a real girlfriend seemed like a wild risk to take. 
I wasn't out to my family, and I didn't want to feel the pressure of doing that. So making out or hooking up was what felt like the most comfortable and the most empowering for me at the time. And listen, this might not come as a shock to anybody, but I liked watching girls kiss each other. (laughs) It didn't matter to me if they were gay or not, because why would it? I wanted to be excited too. And I was, you know, I was. In addition to that, it wasn't hurting anybody. After we watched Britney, Madonna, and Christina kiss on stage, our opinions of them didn't shift. We didn't start questioning whether or not they were gay. Why? Because them being gay doesn't make the kiss any more real. Mm -hmm. It's real because it happened and it was taped for everyone to see. They weren't gay or bisexual, or at least they didn't say they were, but surely they were engaging in an explicitly queer act. And that was all that mattered to us. We were at that point starved for representation in the media, but we just didn't feel like how many people feel now. I know I might get some flack for some of this somewhere, but as far as queerness went, for us, representation was in the tangible. Seeing someone perform it was what impacted us. We just needed to know it was possible. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where it was. Today, much of the conversation in queer circles is dominated by this thinking that if you're acting a little gay, then you have to be on the queer spectrum somewhere. And that if you're presenting characters as a little gay, then eventually they need to be gay by like coming out in some fashion. The concept of queerbaiting, which is defined in Kate Harrod's book, Claiming the Bee in LGBT, illuminating the bisexual narrative as implying either in the text or in commentary, same gender desire between characters, but never following through on it. This is decried as like one of the biggest infractions on the queer community these days. Queer people get so upset when Taylor Swift or Harry Styles get a little faggy with it just to sell some (laughs) records or whatever. And they lose their minds over the fact that their favorite queer-coded TV duos never get to kiss or hook up. This bothers me a lot because I don't think the conversation is expansive enough. Everyone wants to weigh in on queer baiting, but no one wants to weigh in on how capitalism is a force that is driving people to, like I said, get a little faggy with it in the first place. If you want to perform a real critique of this then question the capitalist machine we're all forced to be part of. Or, if you want to go harder, question why you're so willing to let some rainbow-wash bullshit swindle you out of your hard-earned money in the first place. And if you want to go even harder than that, consider what privileges and powers you might have that make you less susceptible to some of the real-life terrors and violences and material deficiencies our siblings suffer from every day. Because those are things that should be more concerning to us. Mm On the other hand, I won't act like I can't at least somewhat sympathize with the impulse to cry something like the Britney, Madonna, Christina kiss as an instance of queer baiting or queer for attention or whatever. I understand the urge to gatekeep our language and our culture and our sex because we're still on the fringes of society, especially those of us who have other intersecting identities. But queer subtext is a thing and it can be a very powerful thing. And I think sometimes people don't recognize the power of queer subtext or the possible subversiveness of three of the world's biggest pop stars kissing on TV. It is now and has historically been extremely empowering for me, and I know it has been for others as well. Finally, I just want to point out that the VMA's kiss in 2003 was a risk for these artists. Yes, they were going to stay rich no matter what happened after they performed, but there was no guarantee that they were going to leave the stage with their careers perfectly intact. You could lose a lot for doing something that was perceived as immoral or transgressive. And I don't think that we can ignore that fact either. Sure, none of them are out as queer as far as we know. So maybe their punishments would have been temporary, but the risk was there and they took it. I think there's power in that too. Mm -hmm. If I'm being real about it, I think our ability to embrace it at the time, along with other things from the aughts that were similar, like Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl, which maybe we should have an episode on that too. Yeah, we probably should was mostly thanks to the fact that none of us were chronically online. True. Yeah. That's it, brother. That's I, what I, I got for it, you. I love it, brother. I think, um, I think your little thesis there about, <laughs> you know, yeah, about, like, you know, representation. and I have heard the arguments about queer baiting and, like, yeah. you know, having queer hinted at characters, like, actually consummate yeah. their... yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Obviously, I'm not the person to weigh in on it, but I, I like your thesis. I think it's a great thesis. Like, of course, I'm not stupid, and I'm not emotionless. If a person is 
pretend like if the person is exhibiting some queer behavior mm-hmm. or doing some things that would be labeled as queer, I'm going to root for them to be like actually queer. Yeah. But is it going to make me upset when they're not? No. Because mm-hmm. I just like don't give a shit. Yeah. At that point, you have to be like, hey, grow up. Like, yeah. You know. Or just like, who cares? <laughs> yeah, like, You're not hurting me. Like nothing. There's nothing that can convince me to like something more. Mm-hmm. If I like you or if I like your music or if I like a TV show or whatever, I'm already in it. There's nothing I'm liking simply because of the... The potential? Rep- the potential of representation or whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. Like, of course I want to watch, I want to watch and experience gay shit all the time. Like, yeah, of course. But I don't live in that world. Yeah. So I find other things to like, too. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's fine. And also, you live in a world where everyone's gay. (laughs) True. (laughs) To me, everyone's gay, so it doesn't fucking matter. (laughs) That's how you cope with Everyone's a little faggy. The lack of representation. (laughs) My lack of representation. Lack of representation doesn't matter because everyone's a little gay. (laughs) (laughs) That's the trick. All you... People Just accept the fact. <laughs> Everybody's, Everybody's gay. a little gay. <laughs> and you'll feel a lot better. <laughs> Some people are just straight up totally gay. Like, oh, yeah. Know. Absolutely. You know, presentation of self. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Doesn't you matter at all. No, you just yeah. are probably straight up gay. <laughs> straight up gay. <laughs> There's another merch idea. The show is straight up gay. Honestly, I'll wear the yeah. shit out of that. I mean, I'm stoked about this episode because I really knew nothing about it. Yeah. I think that's part of How do of you the... feel now knowing more about it and the reaction to it? Yeah, I feel really happy to know that there was this kind of representation, even if it was like obviously a stunt and it was right. done to get that response, yeah. almost to make these evangelical lunatics and conservative people yeah. look like even more lunaticy and conservative yeah. because having that reaction is exactly what we're hoping for. And it also creates the contrast of like what things look like now and the way that culture war has shifted, but it's only shifted slightly and yeah. we've actually returned. We are 20 years <laughs> yeah, later it's so and true. we're back to like accusing queer people, trans people. Just doing it for just, attention. Just like, like crazy, yeah, crazy shit. shit. Like yeah. now every fucking gay person or trans person, without a doubt a pedophile for some people, yeah, right? totally. And that shift doesn't even feel like a shift. It just feels like No, we, it just feels like we, it wasn't there for a minute. It was like under, it was like underground for yeah. a second and then it came back up. Yeah. In an essay that, that was published on Autostraddle and is also in a book called It Came From the Closet, Carmen Maria Machado wrote on Jennifer's Body, which is like very yeah. which is a very like queer baby movie. I mean, I think it's explicitly queer, but whatever the fuck. You, whatever people want to think it is, you know, they can think that way. She said something like, we always talk about how women doing these kinds of things for attention or whatever is because they want to like affect men in some way we never think of men as like the excuse for doing these things Mm -hmm. like that women have that women want to and have to engage in these behaviors because they're fucking like they want to be free you know because they just want to be free of the patriarchy or whatever and i think like reading the madonna britney christina kiss in that way is very interesting when you consider then not too long after this Britney Spears was put on a conser- conservatorship that lasted until just last year. Yeah. She was literally being controlled for most of her life at that at this point, you know, by a man. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, to imagine these women as like sitting in a room and thinking, what would be like the most freeing experience for us? Not in those words per se, but like, what would be like the most shocking experience for us? I think it would be if we all just like kissed on stage. Yeah. That totally makes sense to me. And I'm fine with it. It makes more sense than wanting to make Justin yeah, Timberlake yeah, exactly. mad. Like, that who doesn't gives make a any shit? fucking sense. Yeah. Nobody cares about and that. And at that point, him and Britney were like on tour together. Also, Like it was yeah. not, there was not like a thing of like, oh, everybody sucks. I mean, yeah, sure. You can like look into Cry Me a River and whatever and be like, okay, yeah, he was trying to bring down Britney Spears. But ultimately he did not. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it doesn't fucking matter what the intention was at all. And I just don't think that that's, that was even... A consideration as they were like doing the rehearsals and stuff. I don't think any of that was. I think no. it was more so like, what would be shocking? Okay, this thing. Yeah. yeah and potentially I don't think maybe it had. Were brought up in this conversation. I, I don't really think don't. so at all. And that's the crazy thing is like, 
the conversation like interpersonally that happened after this, after the VMAs was always like, it's to get attention for a man. It's to make Justin Timberlake jealous. It's to do this, it's to do that. And it's like, have you considered maybe no, yeah. you know, maybe it's just, they just wanted to do something provocative. Mm-hmm. And that is for actually women doing something that's provocative, especially like femmes doing something that's provocative. That is a like moment outside of the control of men, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. using their bodies in a provocative way because they chose to and they wanted to is outside of the patriarchy. Yeah. And if you read it in that way, it's like actually more powerful than even I considered at the time, you know? I think the lamest thing is that they pay him to Justin Timberlake to get a reaction. Oh, from. yeah, it was so cheap. What a fucking Oh, it was bummer. cheap as hell. Who gives yeah. a shit? Yeah, it was cheap. I mean, they, they had panned to him one other time, and he was just, like, kind of, like, vibing with it a mm-hmm. little bit, I guess. And then the second time, they panned right after the kiss, and he just, like, had a very stone-cold, like, face on. But, like, the other people that they panned to in the audience were great. Like, they panned to the original Queer Eye cast at oh, one point. Oh, man. Which was awesome. Like panned to like Paris and Nikki Hilton at one point. <laughs> and they were like totally vibing with it. Snoop Dogg was vibing. Like it was like all these people who were like very hyped about it. And then, yeah, you got this like really cheap shot. And it was supposed to, you know, obviously MTV was pushing a narrative that maybe like Christina, Brittany, and Madonna had never even considered. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. I, I, I don't know anything about it, but I think that they probably didn't. Right? <laughs> yeah, I don't why, think so. Why would they give a shit? I don't, yeah, why would they care? Why would Madonna, Madonna, yeah. of all people, give a shit about Justin Timberlake? <laughs> That's like the question that everybody needs to ask. Big question. Brother. Madonna. Yeah. I don't think she cares. Anyways. I love it. That's where I'm at. I mean, this is this is a real pulled from the 2003 this headlines. Uh, I'm a big Straight fan. from the headlines. God, I wish I could go back and really I want to relive seeing the kiss it. again. I want to relive being a sophomore in high school. No, I don't. <laughs> no, no, that's no, no, awful. No, that's that's disgusting. Awful. No, thanks. Gross. But great to think about it because, um, you know, we've come far and we haven't at all. I know. That's we haven't changed that much. That's the most frustrating thing in the world. Yeah, that's right. Because this just, seems quaint, but at the same time, it's not. like if, uh, you know, you're a gay teacher in Florida, you have to, like, hide the photos yeah, of your yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. husband or whatever. Yeah, like. which is what the Atlanta Journal and Constitution did, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's like, good. <laughs> 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 so that's where we're at. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for listening. I'm Stefan Reno. I'm Brendan Walsh. Bye.